الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوب إليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وبعد uh, This is the first of uh, three workshop sessions and I will be giving uh, today's session and also tomorrow and then the third session I believe will be given by Brother Jamal uh, Zirabozo. Uh The idea of these three sessions when it was put together uh, was to discuss uh, those matters uh, which people normally disagree upon and especially in, in the masajid in the mosques and communities in North America and to try to shed some light upon the truth of these, on these matters uh, because these differences and ignorance concerning the truth concerning these issues leads people uh, to argue and leads to disunity among the Muslims. Uh, in today's workshop, uh, we'll be discussing certain matters of belief where there's a lot of discussion and misunderstanding concerning. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we'll be discussing certain issues of halal and haram. Uh, which there's a lot of misunderstanding, that which is lawful and prohibited. And then I think on um, the third session, which will be on Sunday, Brother Jamal will discuss certain fiqh issues to which there's much disagreement. Okay? Uh, there's no way, even in a session, uh, even if we'd have all three sessions, to discuss all the differences that people have uh, in any of these topics. Uh, but the idea is just to shed some light on some of the more prevalent issues and that perhaps this might be a seed uh, which will be then uh, planted in the ground for further research and further discussion uh, so that Muslims may be better enlightened concerning their religion. Uh, when I was looking at the uh, topics and trying to think what should I discuss for this session, and it's, these were going to discuss those issues uh, of belief that people often disagree upon, uh, it came to mind uh, three issues uh, which I often uh, hear Muslims arguing about uh, often there's a lot of confusion concerning uh, concerning these three issues. Uh, there might be other issues which in your specific community, matters of belief, there's a lot of discussion about. And perhaps in the question and answer session, we'll be able to uh, discuss those. And I, I'd be glad to hear from you and also uh, share uh, uh, your comments and uh, perhaps uh, some of my comments also. Uh, what are those three issues I decided to choose? Uh, the first is concerning the concept of the Abrahamic faith that uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are all Abrahamic faiths and uh, part of this discussion that Jews and Christians are also believers or they also will deserve paradise and a uh, whole discussion has rooted regarding that. Uh, a second uh, discussion is concerning exactly uh, wala and bara, uh, allegiance to Islam and the Muslims and uh, disavowal of disbelief in the disbelievers. Exactly what is al-wala and al-bara and what are we allowed to show toward the believers and what are we not allowed to show to the believers and some examples regarding that. Uh, the third issue I'd like to discuss is concerning the Sunnah. Uh, do we have to obey the Prophet Muhammad Is his Sunnah binding upon us or not? Because often you find it an issue which there's a lot of argument and discussion regarding. There are other issues as I mentioned. Uh, for instance, the issue of the finality of the prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad uh, In North America you find three groups uh, which uh, all claim that there is a prophet after the Prophet Muhammad The uh, Nation of Islam and its offshoots 
uh, claimed that in the person of Elijah Muhammad, Elijah Poole. Uh, the Qadianis claimed that in Ghulam Ahmed. And uh, the followers of Rashad Khalifa, the submitters, uh, claimed that in Rashad Khalifa. However, though, I felt that uh, these followers, even though uh, they are found in North America, aren't of that number uh, to choose that topic to discuss uh, in this lecture. So there are other issues, and perhaps you might feel that in your specific community there are other issues of belief which are more important. I, I tried to choose three which I thought would be beneficial to everybody. And as I said, again, in the question and answer session, uh, if there are issues of belief, uh, dealing with the belief matters uh, that there is some sort of debate about or you have heard discussion that you feel that we should bring up, I'll be glad to uh, listen to some of your comments concerning that. And likewise, I would imagine tomorrow we discuss the issues of halal and haram, the lawful and prohibited. Also in that, we will also see uh, issues that I might choose to discuss and perhaps in your specific community or in your specific uh, you know, discussions, uh, you might have other issues uh, which I would have not, uh, it's not because these issues are more important than the others, but this is what I had felt were going to be uh, most beneficial. And it's just a judgment call in the end. So let us uh, start in earnest. Uh, does anybody know this lecture is supposed to end what time? Uh, so I can just time myself not to go overboard. Huh? Six o'clock? Okay. So we have um, an hour and a quarter. And uh, as a result, I'll try to keep my comments limited to hear from you because I always like to listen to the brothers and also from the sisters if they have any questions. And your comments also, I think, is very beneficial. Uh, let us first introduce ourselves that to Iman, remind ourselves, let us not forget that Iman was taught to us by the Prophet Muhammad uh, When asked uh, in that famous hadith when Jibreel came to the Prophet and he said uh, to the Prophet O oh, Muhammad, what is Iman? The Prophet ﷺ said it is to believe in Allah and his angels and his scriptures and his messengers the last day and to believe in Qadr, Allah's decree, the good and evil consequences thereof. So Iman is these six fundamentals. And what spreads from it, what is rooted in these six fundamentals. So like, for instance, part of faith in the last day is to believe that uh, in the grave, uh, when people die, uh, they are asked certain questions by the angels. Uh, who did they worship? What was their religion? Who did they follow? These are questions that they are asked uh, in the grave. Uh, likewise, part of belief in the last day is to believe in paradise and hell. Part of the belief in the last day is to actually believe in the day of judgment. And all the details the Prophet described what will occur to human beings after their death. This is all part of faith in the last day. And likewise, to believe in the messengers uh, means to believe in all the messengers of Allah. Uh, so, as you can see, faith is a very large topic. But in the matters of faith, we find Muslims having confusion concerning many issues, and I've chosen three issues, as I said. The first issue is concerning our relationship with the previous people. What is uh, the relationship between Islam and the previous scriptures and revelations? Is uh, does Islam acknowledge them? And if so, uh, to what degree does Islam reject it? And if so, to what degree are the people of the previous religions. Are they believers? Will they win paradise? Or are they unbelievers and will be condemned to hell? These are questions which Muslims uh, misunderstand. And as a result, a lot of debate and argumentation revolves around these issues. Uh, let us investigate uh, this. We know in the first um, surah, uh, uh, Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, the surah thereafter, Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, summarizes uh, the characteristics of those people who will make benefit or who will benefit from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif, Lam, Mim. These are three letters of the Arabic language. Alif, Lam, Mim. ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِي 
Hudan lil Muttaqeen. This is the book. There is no doubt regarding it. It is a guidance for those people who have taqwa, those people who fear Allah. Then Allah describes them. And among his descriptions that he mentions about them, that they believe in what is revealed to them and what was revealed before them. So they believe in the revelation which came to the Prophet Muhammad as they believe in the revelation which came before the Prophet Muhammad being the revelation uh, given to the Prophets like the Gospel to the Prophet Isa ibn Maryam, like the Torah to the Prophet Musa alayhi salam, uh, like uh, the uh, Zabur or the Psalms which was given to Dawood uh, alayhi salam. And likewise, we find in the uh, final verses of Surah Al-Baqarah also a description of the matters of belief, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says that the believers, they, uh, that the believers and the Messenger, all of them believe in Allah, and his angels, and his scriptures, and his messengers, they make no distinction between them. Meaning that they do not believe in some of them and disbelieve in others, like the Jews. The Jews believe in the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in their Torah, but they disbelieve in whom? Jesus of Mary. They disbelieve in Jesus, the son of Mary. They did not accept him as the Messiah. In fact, they strove to crucify him. Even though they did not crucify him and kill him, as Allah tells us in the Quran, but they tried to. And so therefore they are his enemies. And that is why before the Day of Judgment, when Isa comes down, he will fight them and their king, the Antichrist. Okay. And also the Jews disbelieve in who else? The Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, And they fought him. So they distinguish between the messengers. And the Christians, even though they believe in the prophets and they believe in Isa, they deny the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. But as far as our ummah, we do not distinguish between the messengers. In the sense that we believe in them all. And likewise, we believe in all the revelations sent to Allah, sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to His Prophet. We believe in this. So therefore, our faith is a comprehensive faith. Indeed, we believe in the messengers who were not mentioned to us in the Qur'an. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, He mentions a number of messengers in Surah Nisa, in the fourth surah. And then He says, messengers which we have sent, giving glad tidings, and uh, 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 warning. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, some of them we have mentioned to you and some of them we have not mentioned to you. And the Prophet sallallahu has told us that the number of prophets sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were 124,000 prophets. 313 of them were messengers. Now, if you look in the Quran, you find the names of only about 25 prophets and messengers. And if you look in the hadith, you can add maybe one or two or three more. So then therefore, uh, we have maybe, the, we know the names of 28 or so. And even if we were to accept those mentioned in the, in the Old Testament as prophets, uh, even though we might not have an evidence to indicate to that, but if we were just to accept it just for the sake of argument, the list would not be over 40 or 50 men. So 40 or 50 compared to 124,000 is a very small number. But we still believe in all of them. Even though we might not know their names, we might not know their books, even though we might not know who they were sent to, when they lived, we still have faith in them. This is part of our faith. At the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns the religious groups which are still available, the Jews and the Christians, for changing the book. And he mentions that they have corrupted the book, and that they write some things with their own hand, they pen some things, and they say, this is from Allah, but it is not from Allah. And likewise, he condemns them for changing the religion of Allah. And for innovating, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hadid condemns the Christians for inventing 
uh, a rahbaniya, or to be like a monk, not to get married and to live a life uh, away of uh, you know women and so forth, of marriage and, and the like. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns them for raising Isa ibn Maryam to a status above his by claiming that he's the son of Allah. And Allah in the Quran says they have disbelieved those who say that the Messiah is the son of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they have disbelieved those who say that Allah is one of a trinity. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns them saying they have taken their rabbis and their priests as lords besides Allah. And they have taken the Messiah, the son of Mary, also as a lord besides Allah. And they were commanded only to worship Allah alone. This is a verse in Surah Tawbah, the 39th Surah of the Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ explained how they took their rabbis and priests besides Allah as lords in the sense that they obeyed them in what they knew was forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, these rabbis and monks and, and priests would forbid something which was made lawful to them by Allah. And they would obey them in that. Or they would make to them something lawful which was forbidden by Allah. And they would obey them in that. Like, for instance, with the Christians and the issue of... Uh, multi-marriages, you know, having more than one wife. And the Christians have forbidden this, even though Allah has made it lawful for them. And in fact, they find in, the, in their books the prophets are mentioned to have uh, more than one wife. And likewise, the Christians have made them for themselves lawful to eat the flesh of swine, pig's meat, right? Pork. And yet this is something which has been forbidden by the laws of the law. So, they, by them obeying them in these matters, they have taken them as uh, lords uh, besides the law. Uh, the problem is, as I said, is that a, an argument has appeared, or a, an idea, a belief, which is much, very popular in the United States, saying that, well, Jews and Christians are believers, and we're all from the Abrahamic faith. And this is a very dangerous concept. Indeed, it can lead a person to disbelief in Islam. And that is because uh, whoever claims that a non-believer is a believer, or says that the non-believer's religion is true, or doubts concerning the non-believer, if he's a believer, uh, non-believer, he has left Islam by the consensus of the scholars. So those people who say that the Christians and Jews are believers, or who say that the Christians and Jews uh, are unbelievers, or they doubt concerning the disbelief, the unbelief of the Christians and Jews, they have said a statement which takes them outside of the fold of Islam. And uh, if they were... Uh, brought in front of an Islamic court and the proofs were established against them to the degree where they would have no excuse for themselves. In other words, the verses from the Quran were repeated to them. The statements of the Prophet were repeated to them so that there was no chance of misunderstanding, no chance of confusion. Uh, they would give it a chance to repent. And then in an Islamic state, if they did not recant that belief, within three days they would be executed as an apostate. And the apostate brothers, when he's executed, it's not like the execution of a murderer. See, when the murderer, a Muslim who may commit murder, is executed, he's still a Muslim. His family still inherits from his wealth. He's still buried in the Islamic graveyard. We still make Salat al-Janazah upon him because he's a Muslim. Yet, he committed a sin, and that sin uh, necessitates that he murders, the murderer is killed. That's if his family of the one murdered does not forgive him or accept a blood money uh, in, 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 in as a... Um, as a blood witch uh, for the murder. But if they insist that kisas uh, or equality uh, uh, is charged upon him, that person is executed for committing murder. But at the same time, that person is still a Muslim. And so therefore, uh, he is buried amongst the Muslims, Janazah is prayed upon him, he is, his wealth is distributed amongst his family, he still is a Muslim. But when a person dies as an apostate, 
he has reverted out of Islam, and so therefore he dies like if he was a Jew or a Christian. And he will not win Allah's paradise. Because these are masters that throw you out of Islam just like there are, you know, matches which break your, nullify your ablution, your wudu. A person makes wudu, he's in a state of purity. He does something from the nullifiers of wudu, those things which negate one's uh, purity, state of purity. He's no longer in that state of purity. He has to repeat his wudu in order for him to pray. And likewise, when somebody nullifies his testimony of faith, he has to repeat his testimony of faith to come back into religion. And he has to deny what he previously said, which took him out of the religion, and free himself from that. So the point is, is that this concept of the Abrahamic faith was raised. And we can look and look at the Qur'an, and we find a very clear uh, verse uh, concerning this, that shows that these people who say that the Jews and Christians and the Muslims all share the Abrahamic faith are liars, and that they do not read the Qur'an themselves. What's the proof? Allah in the Qur'an says, Allah says, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يُهُودِيًا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Allah in the Quran says, Verily Abraham was neither a Jew nor a Christian. But he was a Hanif and a Muslim, and he was not from the Mushriks. What does this verse mean? The Christians, or the Jews, because the verse starts with the Jews, claim that Abraham was the first Jew. And so therefore Allah negates this says Abraham was not a Jew. And the Christians claim that Abraham was a Christian, in the sense that they believe that he believes in the Trinity and so forth, and he was his uh, act of sacrifice of his son, who they say is Isaac, even though it's the prophet Ismail, they say that this was a, a sign of the coming of the sacrifice of the Son of God, which was to come in Isaac Maryam. This is a lie which they have invented. And Allah negates that Abraham was a Christian. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Ibrahim was a Hanif. The word Hanif in Arabic means to swerve. So in this case, Ibrahim, he swerved from the false beliefs that his people were upon to the true faith of Tawheed. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he was a Muslim. And the Muslim is the one who submits to Allah in Tawheed and obedience to him. And then Allah says he's not from the pagans. And this is important because you might imagine that during the time of the Prophet there are certain Arab tribes which are the descendants of the Prophet Abraham among which is the tribe of Quraysh. And the tribe of Quraysh being descendants of the Prophet of Abraham and also being the, the ones who lived by the Kaaba, felt that they had some sort of special quality. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuted that to them, saying that Abraham, Ibrahim was not from the pagans. So you people from Quraysh in Mecca, who are his descendants, know that Abraham was not on your religion. And that even though you might be the blood descendants, of Ibrahim Ibrahim was a Muslim. He was upon the religion of Muhammad sallallahu who you are fighting. And so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us that Abraham was not from the pagans. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says that the closest of mankind, of humanity to Abraham is who? Those who followed him and this prophet and the believers, meaning us, the Muslims. We are the closest to Abraham. Likewise, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that the Jews and Christians say, they say, be a Jew or a Christian, you'll be guided. In other words, the Jews say, be Jews, and you'll be guided. And the Christians say, be Christians, and you'll be guided. What was the response from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet Muhammad to say, Nay, 
We are following the religion of Abraham, and who was a Hanif, and was not from the pagans. In other words, if they say be a Jew or a Christian, Allah says, no, we follow the religion of Abraham. This means that the religion of Abraham is different than Judaism and Christianity, right? If I say to you, for instance, uh, let's say we have three, uh, three uh, pieces of fruit in front of you. Uh, grapefruit, an orange, and an apple. And I say, take the grapefruit or the orange. You say, no, I want the apple. It means the apple is different than the grapefruit or the orange, right? This is unlogical. So when the Christian said, and the Jews said to the Muslims, be a Jew or a Christian, and you'll be guided. And the verse came down saying, no, follow the religion of Abraham. It shows that the religion of Abraham is different than the religion of the Jews and the Christians. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we said in the verse before, he said, oh, Abraham was neither a Jew or a Christian. So therefore, this claim that the Jews and Christians are from this thing called the Abrahamic faith, and Jews and Christians and Muslims therefore have some sort of special bond that should draw us together to work uh, to fix the environment or to whatever they want us to do together is a false call. Is a false call. Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, as reported by Abu Hurairah, the Prophet ﷺ said there is not a single Jew or Christian from this ummah. Meaning from those people who the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was sent to. And as we all know, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was sent to who? He was sent to all of humanity, and indeed the jinns from his time until when? Until? In the last day, because there's no Prophet after him. This is all the Prophet Ummah. Every single human being, whether he's an Arab or a non-Arab, whether he's black or white, indeed the jinns who are non-human beings, are another species that Allah created, we are all part of the Ummah of the Prophet Muhammad In the sense we're the Ummah of his Dawah, to whom he should give Dawah to. Those who accept the call, those who say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, we are the Ummah of response. So when the uh, title of the conference says, One Ummah, it doesn't mean unifying in the Ummah of the Dawah, it means unifying the Ummah who have responded to the call. But in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is talking about which that Ummah? The Ummah of Dawah. And that's why he said in the hadith that there is not a single Jew or Christian from this Ummah. Because the Jews and Christians are not, they haven't responded to the call, that's why they're Jews or Christians. And what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Who hears about me and does not believe in what I have been sent with, except he will be what? From the companions of the hellfire, or it will be the inhabitants of the hellfire. This is a very strong hadith, because it shows that these Jews and Christians, even if we were to imagine that they were upon the true religion that Allah sent to the, the Prophet uh, Moses, and upon the true religion that Allah sent to the Prophet Isa, uh, that they had in their hands the true copy of the Torah, or the true copy of the Injil, the true copy of the Torah, or the Injil, or the Gospel. They would not enter into paradise if they heard about Muhammad Sallallahu until they believed in him. Because he's their prophet. So therefore a Christian who comes and says, well, I don't believe in the Trinity, and I recognize the Gospel has been perverted, but I, I don't want to believe in Muhammad Sallallahu will, will that benefit him anything? No. It won't benefit him anything. And likewise a Jew who says, I believe in... Uh, Jesus, that he was the, truly the Messiah. And I recognize that the, the Old Testament and New Testament has been corrupted. And I only worship one God. I don't make shit. Will that benefit him anything if he's heard about the Prophet Muhammad No. Because as we mentioned in the beginning, faith must be in all the messengers. And faith must be in all the scriptures. 
But look what the Prophet said. If he heard about me, meaning that Jew or Christian who was upon his true religion and has never heard of the Prophet Muhammad so Allah is not going to hold a person responsible of what he cannot be capable of. But those Jews and Christians who have heard about the Prophet Muhammad and remain upon these perverted religions, they are perverted by their own paths. Because when Allah sent it down from the heavens, it was pure. It will not be accepted from them. And they will be in the inhabitants of the hellfire. So this is a very uh, serious hadith. And that is why the Prophet was commanded to fight all of mankind, as reported in the hadith of Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, until they testify that there is none worthy of worship but Allah, and they believe in what he came with. And the Prophet describes his message, saying that he was sent before the hands of the hour with a sword in his hand. A sword in his hand, why? To worship Allah alone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him his sustenance from the shadow cast by his javelin. In other words, you know, when the disbelievers see him, that's why by his javelin, they run and they leave their possessions. And this is his, for the Prophet to distribute. This is known as a fate in the Islamic terminology, what they've left behind. And likewise, that whoever goes against his command will be humiliated. Then the hadith continues, and whoever resembles the people is from them. So, the point is, is that part of our faith is that the Jews and Christians are disbelievers. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, fight those, and this verse is directly, directed basically against the Christians, fight those of the people of the scripture who do not believe in Allah and the last day and do not forbidden what Allah has forbidden. And they do not follow the true religion from those given of the scripture. Until they give jizya, until they give a money, they're willing to submit to the Islamic State, and they are in a state of humiliation. What does this verse mean? Allah says, fight those who do not believe in Allah, in the sense that they do no longer believe in Allah's hate. And no one can say now that the Christian believes in Allah's hate. When he says there's a trinity, how can he believe in Allah so hate? And Allah in the Quran has said they have disbelieved because they have said the Messiah is the son of Allah. And they've disbelieved because they say that Allah is one of three. So they don't believe in, in, in Allah. But hey, what about belief in the last day? Do the Christians believe in the last day? No. Why don't they disbelieve in the last day? Because they believe the resurrection to be resurrection of only of the spirit. They don't believe that this body, this flesh, is bones and, and, and flesh and, and blood and so forth will actually be in paradise. They think only your soul will be in paradise. And that's why they reject what Muslims say when we say that in paradise people will eat and drink and have sexual relations. They deny that. Because they, they consider this to be uh, something intolerable. And that is why those Muslim translators of the Quran who try to translate the meanings of the Quran and who were trying to make Islam um, palatable for the Christians, so they would like it, like Yusuf Ali in his translation, he, whenever he came to the verses describing the punishment of the hellfire or describing the blessings of paradise, he says this is just not really real, it's just a figurative thing. People aren't actually going to be eating or drinking in paradise, people are not actually going to be enjoying. Why? Because he, was, he knows that the Christians do not accept this. So in order to make it easy for them, he decided to change the meanings of the Quran. Now, and they do not forbid what Allah has forbidden. Do the Christians follow Allah's Sharia? 
do they forbid what Allah told them to forbid in their Torah? In the book which, as even mentioned in their gospel, that Isa said that he has not come to go away with the law. Just paraphrasing the, uh, the, the, the verse in the Bible. But he has come, sorry, he has come uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, abide it or to keep it, uh, you know, observe it and uphold it. Do the Christians observe the law of the Torah? No. Do they uh, abstain from what Allah has forbidden? No. They eat pork. They have made uh, marriage of more than one woman forbidden for them. They do not circumcise themselves, even though this is the covenant, the token, between uh, God and Abraham, as mentioned in Genesis. They do not... Uh, the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like stoning the one who commits adultery, uh, killing the homosexual, do they apply this now? Do you see this in Christian lands? Them applying Allah's laws, killing the murderer? No. And likewise, they've made themselves lawful for them. Adultery now is lawful in Christian countries. It's no longer a crime. And also, the acts of the homosexual also is lawful in Christian countries. And likewise, do they follow the true religion of Islam? Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Imran, in Medina, in the law Islam, the true religion is Islam with Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever seeks a religion other than Islam will not be accepted from him, and in the hereafter, he will be from the losers. This is also in the third surah of the Quran. Do the Christians follow the true religion? Do they, are they Muslims? No. That's why they call themselves Christians. Were they to be Muslims, they wouldn't call themselves Christians. So therefore, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these four qualities, which applies upon them completely, and he says, from those who have disbelieved, or from those who have been given the book, this is them. Now we come to the verse that all these people who talk about the Abrahamic faith try to use always. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that the believers and the Jews and the Christians and the Sabians, those of them who believe in Allah in the last day and do righteous deeds, there will be no fear for them, nor will they grieve. There will be no fear for them, nor will they grieve. They try to use this verse. But let us consider this verse because we believe in the whole Quran. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah says those who believe, meaning those of this ummah, who believe, who have iman. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those of the, the Yahud, the Jews, we might translate, even though it doesn't really mean the same thing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the Nasara, which we might translate as uh, the Christians, even though it means more closely the people from Nazareth, the Nazarenes. But it, it's used also in the Quran to mean the Christians in general, so we can use the term Christians. And the Sabians. And these are the people who had no scripture, or who had, um, were before the, the, the law of Moses. Like the followers of the Prophet Ismail, Ishaq. These are considered to them. Allah says, those of them who believe in Allah in the last day. We've seen now that they do not believe in Allah in the last day. And they do righteous deeds. And they do not do righteous deeds. Because a righteous deed is a deed that has what conditions to it? Anybody know? No, what is a righteous deed? What makes a deed righteous? Ikhlas, what's the other condition? According to the Sunnah. May Allah reward you. So, they do not have ikhlas because they have shirk. And their deeds are not according to the Sunnah because they have made a religion of their own making. It's not even following the Sunnah of their prophets. When they go and celebrate Christmas on Monday, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? When they go to a church and they, and they make a cross on themselves, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? When they face the East, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? Or the religion of Moses? Nothing of, of this religion is from those religions. 
uh, from the religion of those prophets. So therefore, they do not even follow the sunnah of their prophets. So this verse, then, therefore, is not applicable upon the Christian and the Jew that we see today. Then somebody might ask them, what did Allah mean by this verse? The verse is truth. Allah is meaning by this verse, those Jews who lived in the time of Moses, and those Christians who lived in the time of Isa and Maryam, and those people, Sabians, who lived in the time before the, the revelation of the law of Moses, from the followers of the Prophet Abraham and Ismail and Ishaq and Yusuf, these people. Whoever amongst them believed in Allah, in other words, was not a hypocrite, and believed in the last day and did good deeds, he will have nothing to fear in the hereafter, nor will he grieve when he leaves this world and goes to the next world. This is what the verse means. And we know this by gathering all the verses of the Qur'an and all the hadiths of the Prophet because this is the way of the believers. We believe in the whole book. We are not like the Jews and the Christians who believe in part of the book and disbelieve in the part of, a part of the book. But rather we believe in the, all the revelation. So this is uh, the first matter. And I'm going sort of quick because, as I said, there are three matters. Let's come now to the second matter. And that is the issue of al-wala and al-bara. Obviously then, therefore, we may say that if the Jews and Christians are non-believers and are disbelievers, then we know that part of Islam is that we must show our allegiance, our wala, to the believers, and we must show a disallegiance, or we must show a disavowal to the unbelievers. But to what degrees? What is permissible in Islam and what is not permissible? Uh, is Islam only uh, jihad in the battlefield? No, of course not. Uh, there are acts which we are permitted to do, as there are acts uh, which we are uh, forbidden to do. Uh, first of all, let us uh, mention, you have to excuse me here, I'm a little bit disorganized. Uh, let us mention uh, some of the verses uh, concerning al-wala and al-bara uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us with just to show this principle uh, from the Quran and the Sunnah. Among which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, fifth surah, He says that your wali, your protector, uh, is only Allah and His Messenger and the believers who perform the prayer and pay the charity, meaning the zakah, and bow down. In other words, bow down means they are uh, submitting to Allah. And then who takes Allah as His wali, His friend, His protector, and His messengers? And His messenger, meaning the Prophet Muhammad and the believers, know that, that the party of Allah, this group, they are the victors. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, take not uh, as your friends those um, from the people of the scripture before you, and the unbelievers who take your religion as mockery and as sport, and fear Allah if you are believers. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that our party, the party of Allah, who are the victors in the end, not in this world and definitely in the hereafter. They are those who have taken Allah as a protector, and they're the ones who show their love and their allegiance to Allah and to His Messenger and to the believers. But as far as the people who were given the scripture before us, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says we should not take them as our protectors or our friends or our allies. And likewise the pagans, the unbelievers. Why? Because they take our religion, which is the true religion of Allah, and it's a religion which was sent for them to believe in and act upon, they take it as a mockery and as a sport. And that is why uh, it's not uncommon that you can walk in the streets of, you know, uh, America, and if you're wearing something like this, they'll say, oh, you know, you diaper head, just get out of this country, you know, and so forth. Or uh, if one of the sisters is uh, uh, wearing her hijab, they'll say, you know, oh, isn't uh, Halloween over? You know, <laughs> or if... Uh, 
or if, for instance, uh, they hear the adad, they start, you know, making, uh, laughing and so forth and making their sounds like this. They take our religion as a mockery or as a sport. Uh, due to the disbelief in their heart. You see, because they have a hatred to Allah and His revelation. And so therefore, if they see you applying any aspect of Allah's uh, revelation, that hatred is focused upon you. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, indeed, uh, the believers are brothers. The believers are brothers, meaning not just the male believer, but means a brotherhood, male and uh, female believers. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will not find any people who believe in Allah and the last day, uh, loving those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if it was their own fathers or their own sons, meaning their children, whether sons or daughters, or their own brothers, meaning their, their siblings, whether brothers and sisters, or their own clan, meaning their own family, their tribe, their extended family. Those, meaning those who do not love these groups of people when they're disbelievers, Allah has written faith upon their hearts and has strengthened them with a spirit from himself, meaning that he has given them a strength, an inner strength uh, of their iman. Uh, and this can be in different ways. In other words, they, have, they might have certitude of their faith, Allah might send the angels to strengthen them in times of uh, clashes and so forth, in, in different ways Allah uh, strengthens them. And he shall admit them in the hereafter to gardens underneath which rivers flow, uh, therein they will dwell forever. Allah is well pleased with these people, they are Allah's party, oh indeed is not Allah's party the ones who are prosperous. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran uh, that uh, the Jews will never be satisfied with you, and neither the Christians until you follow their religion. In other words, there's no way we can win their approval. Unless you get rid of your Islam and become a Jew or a Christian, then they'll be happy with you. So long as you are a Muslim and say, La ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah, they'll never be pleased with you. And that is why the Bosnians, uh, our brethren from Bosnia, even though for about 70 years they were unaware of Islam because of the communist uh, regime and so forth or for 40 years, and they had, a whole generation had grown up not knowing anything about Islam, uh, the Serbians still start to kill them. Why? Because their forefathers were Muslims. Because at one time, their grandparents were Muslims. See how the hatred is in their hearts? And so therefore, uh, one can uh, expect that sh this is showing how they are not pleased with us. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa says, Oh, you will believe, take not the Jews and Christians for friends, or for awliya, protectors, allies, uh, they are only friends of one another. And that's why, for instance, you find the Jews and the Christians, the Jews in the West, united against the Muslims like in issues like Palestine and elsewhere. And whoso of you makes them as his friends is one of them. In other words, so if you take them as your ally, you revert out of Islam, you apostate from Islam, and you become one of them. You'll be raised with them on the Day of Judgment. And, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah guides not the evil-doing people, meaning those people who take them as their allies and friends. But, the question now comes is, after we understand this principle, is that how are we allowed to deal with them? Is it everything is animosity, or are we allowed uh, at times uh, to be gentle with them, to be kind with them? What can we do, and what can we not do in dealing with the Jews and Christians? Uh, sometimes, uh, if you do certain things, it makes you leave Islam. Uh, like, for instance, if you give them complete allegiance and complete love without any restrictions, this throws you out of Islam, as that verse explained. And likewise, if you love them because of their religion, or you love them because of the way of their uh, lifestyle. Or you're pleased with their acts. Like you say, oh, that, you know, that Christmas is just something which is great. All the lights and so forth, and, you know, all the gifts. That's just something beautiful. This throws you out of Islam. 
Okay? Or if you wish that they're victorious over the Muslims. Like, oh, I wish those Christian Serbs, you know, defeat those Bosnians. I hate the Bosnians. You know, that this is disbelief. Throws you out of Islam. To wish the disbelievers to defeat the Muslims. And likewise, uh, if you obey them in matters of legislation. Like, for instance, if they say uh, that it is forbidden uh, for a person uh, to marry more than one wife. Okay? And you say, well, yeah, this is, this is a good idea, because really, when, when, when people marry more than one woman, uh, it causes a lot of social problems and so forth, and this is good. So I'm going to, I think this is a good thing. We should change our attitudes concerning that. This is disbelief. This is disbelief. Or, for instance, they say that, well, you know, now we're in the 20th century, and as a result, you know, this stuff of cutting off the hand of the thief or stoning uh, the adulterer or whipping uh, the one who is intoxicated and becomes drunk, that doesn't fit with this uh, modern age. You say, yeah, that's true. That, that seems to be right. So you obey them this. You leave the, the fold of Islam. Uh, likewise, uh, if you think that they're equal with the Muslims, you say, well, you know, in the end, we're all Americans. In the end, we're all human beings. In the end, we all have to work for a better world. No, this is not true. And so therefore, you leave the fold of Islam. Um, uh, likewise, if you trust them and you do not trust the believers. In other words, you, you, you say that, you know, always a Christian is more trustworthy than a Muslim. Always a Jew is better than a Muslim. This also throws you out of Islam. And also, if you assist them in fighting against the Muslims, like you say, well, uh, the Muslims in the Philippines are uh, fighting the Christians, and the Christians, you know, they need some weapons. And I've got a, a factory which makes uh, airplanes, so I'm going to send some airplanes over to the Christians, and I can make a good profit. This will throw you out of the faith of Islam. Okay? Or if you uh, resemble them uh, because you believe their ways to be true. For instance, you say, well, I'm going to build, like I remember one time, one time somebody told me, said, I'm going to build a mosque. Uh, like uh, we have a uh, Mormon temple in, in Washington, D.C. I'm going to do it like a Mormon temple in Washington, D.C. Because that's such a beautiful temple. Whenever you go to Washington, everybody goes to visit, so I want my mosque to look just like that. You know, very big and laminated and so forth. So that all illuminated, so that also throws out the religion. Now, there are sometimes you can, you can show some sort of allegiance to you, them, which doesn't take you outside of the fold of Islam, but it's a major sin. And as we know, that the sins are two types. There are the major sins and there are the minor sins. The major sins, right, uh, the only way to remove them is to make toba from them. Uh, the minor sins, they are removed by our prayers, like from prayer to prayer, also from Jum'ah to Jum'ah, from Ramadan to Ramadan, from Umrah to Umrah. These remove our minor sins by doing these good deeds. But the major sins, you need to repent from them. So sometimes you can uh, make a major sin uh, by showing some sort of allegiance to them. And it's not disbelief. It doesn't reach leaving the fold of Islam, but it's a major sin. An example is to take them as confidence. In other words, you're a ruler of a country, or you're in charge of some sort of company, and you take them as your, you know, everybody usually has a group of people who he relies upon, his confidence. You take them in that sense. Or that, for instance, that you try to make things uh, Islam, you know, you try to change Islam for their sake. Or you try not to say anything which is going to make them angry. Like, well, I know that he's not going to like uh, me to say that Jesus is not the Son of God, so I'm not going to say this, you know, make sure I'm not going to ever say this in front of any Christian. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> 
من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وبعد uh, This is the first of uh, three workshop sessions and I will be giving uh, today's session and also tomorrow and then the third session I believe will be given by Brother Jamal uh, Zirabozo uh, the idea of these three sessions, when it was put together, uh, was to discuss uh, those matters uh, which people normally disagree upon. And especially in, in the Masajid, in the mosques and communities in North America. And to try to shed some light upon the truth of these, on these matters. Uh, because these differences and ignorance concerning the truth concerning these issues leads people uh, to argue and leads to disunity among the Muslims. Uh, in today's workshop, uh, we'll be discussing certain matters of belief where there's a lot of discussion and misunderstanding concerning. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we'll be discussing certain issues of halal and haram, uh, which there's a lot of misunderstanding, that which is lawful and prohibited. And then I think on um, the third session, which will be on Sunday, Brother Jamal will discuss certain fiqh issues to which there's much disagreement, okay? Uh, there's no way, even in a session, uh, even if we have all three sessions to discuss all the differences that people have uh, in any of these topics. Uh, but the idea is just to shed some light on some of the more prevalent issues and that perhaps this might be a seed uh, which will be then uh, planted in the ground for further research and further discussion uh, so that Muslims may be better enlightened concerning their religion. Uh, when I was looking at the uh, topics and trying to think what should I discuss for this session, and it's, these were going to discuss those issues uh, of belief that people often disagree upon, uh, it came to mind uh, three issues, uh, which I often uh, hear Muslims arguing about. Uh, often there's a lot of confusion concerning, uh, concerning these three issues. Uh, there might be other issues which in your specific community matters of belief there's a lot of discussion about and perhaps in the question and answer session we'll be able to uh, discuss those and I, I'd be glad to hear from you and also uh, share uh, uh, your comments and uh, perhaps uh, some of my comments also. Uh, what are those three issues I decided to choose? Uh, the first is concerning the concept of the Abrahamic faith. That uh, Judaism, Christianity and Islam are all Abrahamic faiths and uh, part of this discussion that Jews and Christians are also believers or they also will deserve paradise and a whole discussion has rooted regarding that. Uh, a second uh, discussion is concerning exactly uh, wala and bara, uh, allegiance to Islam and the Muslims and uh, disavowal of disbelief in the disbelievers. Exactly what is al-wala and al-bara and what are we allowed to show toward the believers and what are we not allowed to show to the believers and some examples regarding that. Uh, the third issue I'd like to discuss is concerning the Sunnah. Uh, do we have to obey the Prophet Muhammad Is his Sunnah binding upon us or not? Because often you find it an issue which there's a lot of argument and discussion regarding. There are other issues as I mentioned. Uh, for instance, the issue of the finality of the prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad uh, In North America you find three groups uh, which uh, all claim that there is a prophet after the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu The uh, Nation of Islam and its offshoots uh, claim that in the person of Elijah Muhammad, Elijah Poole. Uh, the Qadianis claim that in Ghulam Ahmed and uh, the followers of Rashad Khalifa, the submitters, 
uh, claimed that in Rashad Khalifa. However, no, I felt that uh, these followers, even though uh, they are found in North America, aren't of that number uh, to choose that topic to discuss uh, in this lecture. So there are other issues, and perhaps you might feel that in your specific community there are other issues of belief which are more important. I, I tried to choose three which I thought would be beneficial to everybody. And as I said, again, in the question and answer session, uh, if there are issues of belief, uh, dealing with the belief matters uh, that there is some sort of debate about or you have heard discussion that you feel that we should bring up, I'll be glad to uh, listen to some of your comments concerning that. And likewise, I would imagine tomorrow we discuss the issues of halal and haram, the lawful and prohibited. Also in that, we will also select uh, issues that I might choose to discuss and perhaps in your specific community or in your specific uh, you know, discussions, uh, you might have other issues uh, which I would have not, uh, it's not because these issues are more important than the others, but this is what I had felt were going to be uh, most beneficial. And it's just a judgment call in the end. So let us uh, start in earnest. Uh, does anybody know what this lecture is supposed to end? What time? Uh, so I can just time myself not to go overboard. Huh? Six o'clock? Okay. So we have um, an hour and a quarter. And uh, as a result, I'll try to keep my comments limited to hear from you because I always like to listen to the brothers and also from the sisters if they have any questions. And your comments also, I think, is very beneficial. Uh, let us first introduce ourselves that to Iman, remind ourselves, let us not forget that Iman was taught to us by the Prophet Muhammad uh, When asked uh, in that famous hadith when Jibreel came to the Prophet and he said uh, to the Prophet Sallallahu Oh Muhammad, what is Iman? The Prophet said it is to believe in Allah and his angels and his scriptures and his messengers the last day and to believe in Qadr, Allah's decree, the good and evil consequences thereof. So Iman is these six fundamentals. And what spreads from it, what is rooted in these six fundamentals. So like for instance, part of faith in the last day is to believe that uh, in the grave, uh, when people die, uh, they are asked certain questions by the angels. Uh, who did they worship? What was their religion? Who did they follow? These are questions that they are asked uh, in the grave. Uh, likewise, part of belief in the last day is to believe in paradise and hell. Part of the belief in the last day is to actually believe in the day of judgment. And all the details the Prophet described what will occur to human beings after their death. This is all part of faith in the last day. And likewise, to believe in the messengers uh, means to believe in all the messengers of Allah. Uh, so, as you can see, faith is a very large topic. But in the matters of faith, we find Muslims having confusion concerning many issues, and I've chosen three issues, as I said. The first issue is concerning our relationship with the previous people. What is uh, the relationship between Islam and the previous scriptures and revelations? Is, uh, does Islam acknowledge them? And if so, uh, to what degree does Islam reject it? And if so, to what degree are the people of the previous religions. Are they believers? Will they win paradise? Or are they unbelievers and will be condemned to hell? These are questions which Muslims uh, misunderstand. And as a result, a lot of debate and argumentation revolves around these issues. Uh, let us investigate uh, this. We know in the first um, surah, um, uh, Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, the surah thereafter, Surah Al-Baqarah, the second surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, summarizes uh, the characteristics of those people who will make benefit or who will benefit from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif, Lam, Mim. These are three letters of the Arabic language. Alif, Lam, Mim. al-kitabu la This is the book. There is no doubt regarding it. It is a guidance for those people who have taqwa, those people who fear Allah. 
Finalai describes them. And among his descriptions that he mentions about them, that they believe in what is revealed to them and what was revealed before them. So they believe in the revelation which came to the Prophet Muhammad as they believe in the revelation which came before the Prophet Muhammad being the revelation uh, given to the Prophets, like the Gospel to the Prophet Isa ibn Maryam, like the Torah to the Prophet Musa alayhi salam, uh, like uh, the uh, Zabur or the Psalms which was given to Dawood uh, alayhi salam. And likewise, we find in the uh, final verses of Surah Al-Baqarah also a description of the matters of belief, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says that the believers, they, uh, that the believers and the messenger, all of them believe in Allah and his angels and his scriptures and his messengers, they make no distinction between them. Meaning that they do not believe in some of them and disbelieve in others, like the Jews. The Jews believe in the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in their Torah, but they disbelieve in whom? Jesus of Numeria. They disbelieve in Jesus the Son of Mary. They did not accept him as the Messiah. In fact, they strove to crucify him. Even though they did not crucify him and kill him, as Allah tells us in the Quran, but they tried to. And so therefore they are his enemies. And that is why before the Day of Judgment, when Asa comes down, he will fight them and their king, the Antichrist. Okay. And also the Jews disbelieve in who else? The Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, And they fought him. So they distinguish between the messengers. And the Christians, even though they believe in the prophets, and they believe in Asa, they deny the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. But as far as our ummah, we do not distinguish between the messengers, in the sense that we believe in them all. And likewise, we believe in all the revelations sent to Allah, sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to his prophets. We believe in this. So therefore, our faith is a comprehensive faith. Indeed, we believe in the messengers who were not mentioned to us in the Qur'an. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, he mentions a number of messengers in Surah An-Nisa, in the fourth surah, and then he says, messengers which we have sent giving glad tidings, and uh, 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 warning. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, some of them we have mentioned to you and some of them we have not mentioned to you. And the Prophet sallallahu has told us that the number of prophets sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were 124,000 prophets. 313 of them were messengers. Now, if you look in the Quran, you find the names of only about 25 prophets and messengers. And if you look in the hadith, you can add maybe one or two or three more. So then, therefore, uh, we have maybe, the, we know the names of 28 or so. And even if we were to accept those mentioned in the, in the Old Testament as prophets, uh, even though we might not have an evidence to indicate to that, but if we were just to accept it just for the sake of argument, the list would not be over 40 or 50 men. So 40 or 50 compared to 124,000 is a very small number. But we still believe in all of them. Even though we might not know their names, we might not know their books, even though we might not know who they were sent to, when they lived, we still have faith in them. This is part of our faith. At the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns the religious groups which are still available, the Jews and the Christians, for changing the book. And he mentions that they have corrupted the book, and that they write some things with their own hand, they pen some things, and they say, this is from Allah, but it is not from Allah. And likewise, he condemns them for changing the religion of Allah. And for innovating, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hadid condemns the Christians for inventing uh, Ar-Rahbaniyyah, or to be like a monk, not to get married, and to live a life, uh, a way of, uh, you know, women and so forth, of marriage and, and the like. 
And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns him for raising Isa ibn Maryam to a status above his by claiming that he's the son of Allah. And Allah in the Quran says they have disbelieved those who say that the Messiah is the son of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they have disbelieved those who say that Allah is one of a trinity. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemns them saying they have taken their rabbis and their priests as lords besides Allah. And they have taken the Messiah, the son of Mary, also as a lord besides Allah. And they were commanded only to worship Allah alone. This is a verse in Surah Tawbah, the 39th Surah of the Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ explained how they took their rabbis and priests besides Allah as lords in the sense that they obeyed them in what they knew was forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, these rabbis and monks and, and priests would forbid something which was made lawful to them by Allah. And they would obey them in that. Or they would make to them something lawful which was forbidden by Allah. And they would obey them in that. Like, for instance, with the Christians and the issue of... Uh, multi-marriages, you know, having more than one wife. And the Christians have forbidden this, even though Allah has made it lawful for them. And in fact, they find in, the, in their books that prophets are mentioned to have uh, more than one wife. And likewise, the Christians have made them for themselves lawful to eat the flesh of swine, pig's meat, right? Pork. And yet this is something which has been forbidden by the laws of Allah. So, they, by them obeying them in these matters, they have taken them as uh, lords uh, besides Allah. Uh, the problem is, as I said, is that a, an argument has appeared, or a, an idea, a belief, which is much, very popular in the United States, saying that, well, Jews and Christians are believers, and we're all from the Abrahamic faith. And this is a very dangerous concept. Indeed, it can lead a person to disbelief in Islam. And that is because uh, whoever claims that a non-believer is a believer, or says that the non-believer's religion is true, or doubts concerning the non-believer, if he's a believer, uh, non-believer, he has left Islam by the consensus of the scholars. So those people who say that the Christians and Jews are believers, or who say that the Christians and Jews uh, are unbelievers, or they doubt concerning the disbelief, the unbelief of the Christians and Jews, they have said a statement which takes them outside of the fold of Islam. And uh, if they were... Um, brought in front of an Islamic court and the proofs were established against them to the degree where they would have no excuse for themselves. In other words, the verses from the Quran were repeated to them. The statements of the Prophet were repeated to them so that there was no chance of misunderstanding, no chance of confusion. Uh, they would give it a chance to repent. And then in an Islamic state, if they did not recant that belief, within three days they would be executed as an apostate. And the apostate, brothers, when he's executed, it's not like the execution of a murderer. See, when the murderer, a Muslim who may commit murder, is executed, he's still a Muslim. His family still inherits from his wealth. He's still buried in an Islamic graveyard. We still make salat al-janazah upon him because he's a Muslim. Yet, he committed a sin, and that sin uh, necessitates that he's murders, the murderer is killed. That if his family of the one murdered does not forgive him or accept a blood money uh, in, 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 in as a... Um, as a blood witch uh, for the murder. But if they insist that uh, a or equality uh, uh, is charged upon him, that person is executed for committing murder. But at the same time, that person is still a Muslim. And so therefore, uh, he is buried amongst the Muslims, Janazah is prayed upon him, he is, his wealth is distributed amongst his family, he still is a Muslim. But when a person dies as an apostate, he has reverted out of Islam, and so therefore he dies like if he was a Jew or a Christian. And he will not win Allah's paradise. 
Because these are matters that throw you out of Islam just like there are, you know, matters which can break your, nullify your ablution, your wudu. A person makes wudu, he's in a state of purity. He does something from the nullifiers of wudu, those things which negate one's uh, purity, state of purity. He's no longer in that state of purity. He has to repeat his wudu in order for him to pray. And likewise, when somebody nullifies his testimony of faith, he has to repeat his testimony of faith to come back into religion. And he has to deny what he previously said, which took him out of the religion, and free himself from that. So the point is, is that this concept of the Abrahamic faith was raised. And we can look and look at the Quran and we find a very clear uh, verse uh, concerning this, that shows that these people who say that the Jews and Christians and the Muslims all share an Abrahamic faith are liars. And that they do not read the Quran themselves. What's the proof? Allah in the Quran says, Allah says, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًا وَلَا نَفْرَانِيًا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Allah in the Quran says, Verily Abraham was neither a Jew nor a Christian. But he was a Hanif and a Muslim and he was not from the Mushriks. What does this verse mean? The Christians, or the Jews, because the verse starts with the Jews, claim that Abraham was the first Jew. And so therefore Allah negates this. says Abraham was not a Jew. And the Christians claim that Abraham was a Christian, in the sense that they believe that he believes in the Trinity and so forth, and he was his uh, act of sacrifice of his son, who they say is Isaac, even though it's the prophet Ismail, they say that this was a a sign of the coming of the sacrifice of the Son of God, which was to come in ancient Maryam. This is a lie which they have invented. And Allah negates that Abraham was a Christian. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Ibrahim was a Hanif. The word Hanif in Arabic means to swerve. So in this case, Ibrahim, he swerved from the false beliefs that his people were upon to the true faith of Tawheed. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he was a Muslim. And the Muslim is the one who submits to Allah in Tawheed and obedience to him. And then Allah says he's not from the pagans. And this is important because you might imagine that during the time of the Prophet there are certain Arab tribes which are the descendants of the Prophet Abraham, among which is the tribe of Quraysh. And the tribe of Quraysh being descendants of the Prophet of Abraham, and also being the, the ones who lived by the Kaaba, felt that they had some sort of special quality. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuted that to them saying that Abraham, Ibrahim salam, was not from the pagans. So you people from Quraysh and Mecca, who are his descendants, know that Abraham was not on your religion. And that even though you might be the blood descendants of Ibrahim salam, Ibrahim was a Muslim. He was upon the religion of Muhammad salam, who you are fighting. And so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us that Abraham was not from the pagans. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says that the closest of mankind, of humanity, to Abraham is who? Those who followed him and this prophet and the believers, meaning us, the Muslims. We are the closest to Abraham. Likewise, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that the Jews and Christians say, They say, be a Jew or a Christian, you'll be guided. In other words, the Jews say, be Jews and you'll be guided. And the Christians say, be Christians and you'll be guided. What was the response from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say, hanifan wa ma kana min Nay, we are following the religion of Abraham and who was a Hanif 
and was not from the pagans. In other words, if they say be a Jew or a Christian, Allah says, no, we follow the religion of Abraham. This means that the religion of Abraham is different than Judaism and Christianity, right? If I say to you, for instance, uh, let's say we have three, uh, three uh, pieces of fruit in front of you. A grapefruit, an orange, and an apple. And I say, take the grapefruit or the orange. You say, no, I want the apple. It means the apple is different than the grapefruit or the orange, right? This is unlogical. So when the Christian said, and the Jews said to the Muslims, be a Jew or a Christian, and you'll be guided. And the verse came down saying, no, follow the religion of Abraham. It shows that the religion of Abraham is different than the religion of the Jews and the Christians. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we said in the verse before, he said, Allah, Abraham was neither a Jew or a Christian. So therefore, this claim that the Jews and Christians are from this thing called the Abrahamic faith, and Jews and Christians and Muslims therefore have some sort of special bond that should draw us together to work uh, to fix the environment or to whatever they want us to do together is a false call. Is a false call. Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, as reported by Abu Hurairah, that the Prophet ﷺ said there is not a single Jew or Christian from this ummah. Meaning from those people who the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was sent to. And as we all know, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was sent to whom? He was sent to all of humanity, and indeed the jinns from his time until when? Until? In the last day, because there was no prophet after him. This is all the Prophet ﷺ's ummah. Every single human being, whether he's an Arab or a non-Arab, whether he's black or white, indeed the jinns, who are non-human beings, are another species that Allah created, we are all part of the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. In the sense where the ummah is da'wah, to whom he should give da'wah to. Those who accept the call, those who say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, we are the ummah of response. So when the uh, title of the conference says, One ummah, it doesn't mean unifying in the ummah of the da'wah, it means unifying the ummah who have responded to the call. But in this hadith, the Prophet is talking about which ummah? The ummah of da'wah. And that's why he said in the hadith that, there is not a single Jew or Christian from this Ummah. Because the Jews and Christians are not, they haven't responded to the call. That's why they're Jews or Christians. And what did the Prophet say? Who hears about me and does not believe in what I have been sent with, except he will be what? From the companions of the Hellfire. Or it will be the inhabitants of the Hellfire. This is a very strong hadith. Because it shows that these Jews and Christians, even if we were to imagine that they were upon the true religion that Allah sent to the, the Prophet, uh, Moses, and upon the true religion that Allah sent to the Prophet Isa uh, that they had in their hands the true copy of the Torah or the true copy of the Injil, the true copy of the Torah or the Injil, or the Gospel they would not enter into a paradise if they heard about Muhammad Sallallahu until they believed in him because he's their prophet so therefore a Christian who comes and says well, I don't believe in the Trinity and I recognize the Gospel has been perverted but I, I don't want to believe in Muhammad Sorry, so will, that, will that benefit him anything? No. It won't benefit him anything. And likewise, a Jew who says, I believe in uh, Jesus, that he was the, truly the Messiah. And I recognize that the, the Old Testament and New Testament has been corrupted. And I only worship one God. I don't make shit. Will that benefit him anything if he's heard about the problem from Messiah? No. Because as we mentioned in the beginning, faith must be in all the messengers. And faith must be in all the scriptures. But look what the Prophet said, if he heard about me. Meaning that Jew or Christian who was upon his true religion 
and has never heard of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah is not going to hold a person responsible of what he cannot be capable of. But those Jews and Christians who have heard about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and remain upon these perverted religions, they have perverted by their own hands. Because when Allah sent it down from the heavens and was pure, it will not be accepted from them. And they will be in the inhabitants of the hellfire. So this is a very uh, serious hadith. And that is why the Prophet was commanded to fight all of mankind as reported in the hadith of Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim until they testify that there is none worthy of worship but Allah and they believe in what he came with. And the Prophet describes his message saying that he was sent before the hands of the hour with a sword in his hand. A sword in his hand, why? To worship Allah alone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him his sustenance from the shadow cast by his javelin. In other words, you know, when the disbelievers see him, that's why by his javelin, they run and they leave their possessions. And this is his, for the Prophet to distribute. This is known as a fate in the Islamic terminology. What they've left behind. And likewise, that whoever goes against his command will be humiliated. Then the hadith continues, and whoever resembles a people is from them. So, the point is, is that part of our faith is that the Jews and Christians are disbelievers. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tawbah, in the ninth surah, fight those, and this verse is directly, directed basically against the Christians, fight those of the people of the scripture who do not believe in Allah and the last day and do not forbidden what Allah has forbidden. And they do not follow the true religion from those given of the scripture. Until they give jizya, until they give a money, they're willing to submit to the Islamic State, and they are in a state of humiliation. What does this verse mean? Allah says, fight those who do not believe in Allah, in the sense that they do no longer believe in Allah's hate. And no one can say now that the Christian believes in Allah's hate. When he says there's a trinity, how can he believe in Allah so hate? And Allah in the Quran has said they have disbelieved because they have said the Messiah is the son of Allah. And they've disbelieved because they say that Allah is one of three. So they don't believe in, in, in Allah. So, hey, what about belief in the last day? Do the Christians believe in the last day? No. Why don't they disbelieve in the last day? Because they believe the resurrection to be resurrection of only of the spirit. They don't believe that this body, this flesh, is bones and, and, and flesh and, and blood and so forth will actually be in paradise. They think only your soul will be in paradise. And that's why they reject what Muslims say when we say that in paradise people will eat and drink and have sexual relations. They deny that. Because they, they consider this to be uh, something intolerable. And that is why those Muslim translators of the Quran who try to translate the meanings of the Quran and who were trying to make Islam um, palatable for the Christians so they would like it like Yusuf Ali in his translation he whenever he came to the verses describing the punishment of the hellfire or describing the blessings of paradise he says this is just not really real it's just a figurative thing people aren't actually going to be eating or drinking in paradise people are not actually going to be enjoying why because he was he knows that the Christians do not accept this so in order to make it easy for them he decided to change the meanings of the Quran now and they do not forbid what Allah has forbidden. Do the Christians follow Allah's Sharia? Do they forbid what Allah told them to forbid in their Torah, in the book which, as even mentioned in their Gospel, that Isa said that he has not come 
to go away with the law. Just paraphrasing the, uh, the, the, the verse in the Bible. But he has come, sorry, and he has come uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, obey it or to keep it, uh, you know, observe it and uphold it. Do the Christians observe the law of the Torah? No. Do they uh, abstain from what Allah has forbidden? No. They eat pork. They have made uh, marriage of more than one woman forbidden for them. They do not circumcise themselves, even though this is the covenant, the token, between uh, God and Abraham, as mentioned in Genesis. They do not, uh, the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like stoning the one who commits adultery, uh, killing the homosexual. Do they apply this now? Do you see this in Christian lands, them applying Allah's laws, killing the murderer? No. And likewise, they've made themselves lawful for them. Adultery now is lawful in Christian countries. It's no longer a crime. And also, the acts of the homosexual also is lawful in Christian countries. And likewise, do they follow the true religion of Islam? Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Imran, in Medina, in the law Islam. The true religion is Islam with Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever seeks a religion other than Islam will not be accepted from him, and in the hereafter, he will be from the losers. This is also in the third surah of the Quran. Do the Christians follow the true religion? Do they, are they Muslims? No. That's why they call themselves Christians. Were they to be Muslims, they wouldn't call themselves Christians. So therefore, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these four qualities, which applies upon them completely, and He says, from those who have disbelieved, or from those who have been given the book, this is them. Now we come to the verse that all these people who talk about the Abrahamic faith try to use always. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that the believers and the Jews and the Christians and the Sabians, those of them who believe in Allah in the last day and do righteous deeds, there will be no fear for them, nor will they grieve. There will be no fear for them, nor will they grieve. They try to use this verse. But let us consider this verse because we believe in the whole Quran. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah said those who believe, meaning those of this ummah, who believe, who have iman. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those of the, the Yahud, ladina hadu, the Jews, we might translate, even though it doesn't really mean the same thing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the Nasara, which we might translate as uh, the Christians, even though it means more closely the people from Nazareth, the Nazarenes. But it, it's used also in the Quran to mean the Christians in general, so we can use the term Christians. And the Sabians. And these are the people who had no scripture, or who had, um, were before the, the, the law of Moses. Like the followers of the Prophet Ismail, Ishaq. These are considered to them. Allah says, those of them who believe in Allah and the last day. We've seen now that they do not believe in Allah and the last day. And they do righteous deeds. And they do not do righteous deeds. Because a righteous deed is a deed that has what conditions to it? Anybody know? No, what is a righteous deed? What makes a deed righteous? Ikhlas, what's the other condition? According to the Sunnah. May Allah reward you. So, they do not have ikhlas because they have shirk. And their deeds are not according to the Sunnah because they have made a religion of their own making. It's not even following the Sunnah of their prophets. When they go and celebrate Christmas on Monday, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? When they go to a church and they, and they make a cross on themselves, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? When they face the East, is this the religion of Isa and Maryam? Or the religion of Moses? Nothing of, of this religion is from those religions. Uh, from the religions of those prophets. So therefore they do not even follow the sunnah of their prophets. 
So this verse, then, therefore, is not applicable upon the Christian, the Jew that we see today. Then somebody might ask them, what did Allah mean by this verse? The verse is truth. Allah is meaning by this verse, those Jews who lived in the time of Moses, and those Christians who lived in the time of Isa and Maryam, and those people, Sabians, who lived in the time before the, the revelation of the law of Moses, from the followers of the Prophet Abraham and Ismail and Ishaq and Yusuf, these people. Whoever amongst them believed in Allah, in other words, was not a hypocrite, and believed in the last day and did good deeds, he will have nothing to fear in the hereafter, nor will he grieve when he leaves this world and goes to the next world. This is what the verse means. And we know this by gathering all the verses of the Quran and all the hadiths of the Prophet because this is the way of the believers. We believe in the whole book. We are not like the Jews and the Christians who believe in part of the book and disbelieve in the part of, a part of the book. But rather we believe in the, all the revelation. So this is uh, the first matter. And I'm going sort of quick because, as I said, there are three matters. Let's come now to the second matter. And that is the issue of al-wala and al-bara. Obviously then, therefore, we may say that if the Jews and Christians are non-believers and are disbelievers, then we know that part of Islam is that we must show our allegiance, our wala, to the believers, and we must show a disallegiance, or we must show a disavowal to the unbelievers. But to what degrees? What is permissible in Islam and what is not permissible? Uh, is Islam only uh, jihad in the battlefield? No, of course not. Uh, there are acts which we are permitted to do, as there are acts uh, which we are uh, forbidden to do. Uh, first of all, let us uh, mention... Excuse me here, I'm a little bit disorganized. Uh, let us mention uh, some of the verses uh, concerning al-wala and al-bara uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us with just to show this principle uh, from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Among which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, fifth surah, He says that your wali, your protector, uh, is only Allah and His Messenger and the believers who performed the prayer and paid the charity, meaning the zakah, and bowed down. In other words, bowed down means they are uh, submissing to Allah. And then who takes Allah as his wali, his friend, his protector, and his messengers? And his messenger, meaning the Prophet Muhammad and the believers, know that, that the party of Allah, this group, they are the victors. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh, you who believe, take not... Uh, as your friends, those um, from the people of the scripture before you, and the unbelievers who take your religion as mockery and as sport, and fear Allah if you are believers. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that our party, the party of Allah, who are the victors in the end, not in this world and definitely in the hereafter. They are those who have taken Allah as a protector, and they're the ones who show their love and their allegiance to Allah, and to his messenger, and to the believers. But as far as the people who were given the scripture before us, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says we should not take them as our protectors or our friends or our allies. And likewise the pagans, the unbelievers. Why? Because they take our religion, which is the true religion of Allah, and it's a religion which was sent for them to believe in and act upon, they take it as a mockery and as a sport. And that is why uh, it's not uncommon that you can walk in the streets of, you know, uh, America. And if you're wearing something like this, they'll say, oh, you know, you diaper head, just get out of this country, you know, and so forth. Or uh, if one of the sisters is uh, uh, wearing her hijab, they'll say, you know, oh, isn't uh, Halloween over? You know. <laughs> or, if, uh, or if, for instance, uh, 
they hear the adat, they start, you know, making uh, laughing and so forth and making their sounds like this. They take our religion as a mockery or as a sport. Uh, due to the disbelief in their heart. You see, because they have a hatred to Allah and His revelation. And so therefore, if they see you applying any aspect of Allah's uh, revelation, that hatred is focused upon you. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, indeed, uh, the believers are brothers. The believers are brothers, meaning not just the male blue, but means a brotherhood, male and uh, female believers. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will not find any people who believe in Allah and the last day, uh, loving those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if it was their own fathers or their own sons, meaning their children, whether sons or daughters, or their own brothers, meaning their, their siblings, whether brothers and sisters, or their own clan, meaning their own family, their tribe, their extended family. Those, meaning those who do not love these groups of people when they're disbelievers, Allah has written faith upon their hearts and has strengthened them with a spirit from Himself, meaning that He has given them a strength, an inner strength uh, of their iman. Uh, and this can be in different ways. In other words, they, have, they might have certitude of their faith. Allah might send the angels to strengthen them in times of uh, clashes and so forth. In, in different ways, Allah uh, strengthens them. And He shall admit them in the hereafter to gardens underneath which rivers flow. Uh, therein they will dwell forever. Allah is well pleased with these people. They are Allah's party. Oh, indeed, is not Allah's party the ones who are prosperous? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an uh, that uh, the Jews will never be satisfied with you and neither the Christians until you follow their religion. In other words, there's no way we can win their approval. Unless you get rid of your Islam and become a Jew or a Christian, then they'll be happy with you. So long as you are a Muslim and say, La ilaha wa Rasulullah, they'll never be pleased with you. And that is why the Bosnians... Uh, our brethren from Bosnia, even though for about 70 years they were unaware of Islam because of the communist uh, regime and so forth or for 40 years, and they had, a whole generation had grown up not knowing anything about Islam, uh, the Serbians still start to kill them. Why? Because their forefathers were Muslims. Because at one time their grandparents were Muslims. See how the hatred is in their hearts? And so therefore uh, one can uh, expect that sh this is showing how they are not pleased with us. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Oh, you will believe, take not the Jews and Christians for friends, or for awliya, protectors, allies. Uh, they are only friends of one another. And that's why, for instance, you find the Jews and the Christians, the Jews in the West, united against the Muslims like in issues like Palestine and elsewhere. And whoso of you makes them as his friends is one of them. In other words, so if you take them as your ally, you revert out of Islam, you apostate from Islam, and you become one of them. You'll be raised with them on the Day of Judgment. And, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah guides not the evil-doing people, meaning those people who take them as their allies and friends. But the question now comes is, after we understand this principle, is that how are we allowed to deal with them? Is it everything is animosity, or are we allowed uh, at times uh, to be gentle with them, to be kind with them? What can we do, and what can we not do in dealing with the Jews and Christians? Uh, sometimes, uh, if you do certain things, it makes you leave Islam. Uh, like, for instance, if you give them complete allegiance and complete love without any restrictions, this throws you out of Islam, as that verse explained. And likewise, if you love them because of their religion, or you love them because of the way of their uh, lifestyle, or you're pleased with their acts, that you say, oh, that, you know, that Christmas is just something which is great. All the lights and so forth, and, you know, all the gifts, that's just something beautiful. This throws you out of Islam. 
Okay? Or if you wish that they're victorious over the Muslims. Like, oh, I wish those Christian Serbs, you know, defeat those Bosnians. I hate the Bosnians. You know, that this is disbelief. Throws you out of Islam. To wish the disbelievers to defeat the Muslims. And likewise, uh, if you obey them in matters of legislation. Like, for instance, if they say uh, that it is forbidden uh, for a person uh, to marry more than one wife. Okay? And you say, well, yeah, this is, this is a good idea, because really, when, when, when people marry more than one woman, uh, it causes a lot of social problems and so forth, and this is good. So I'm going to, I think this is a good thing. We should change our attitudes concerning that. This is disbelief. This is disbelief. Or, for instance, they say that, well, you know, now we're in the 20th century, and as a result, you know, this stuff of cutting off the hand of the thief or stoning uh, the adulterer or whipping uh, the one who is intoxicated and becomes drunk, that doesn't fit with this uh, modern age. You say, yeah, that's true. That, that seems to be right. So you obey them this. You leave the, the fold of Islam. Uh, likewise, uh, if you think that they're equal with the Muslims, you say, well, you know, in the end, we're all Americans. In the end, we're all human beings. In the end, we all have to work for a better world. No, this is not true. And so therefore, you leave the fold of Islam. Um, uh, likewise, if you trust them and you do not trust the believers. In other words, you, you, you say that, you know, always a Christian is more trustworthy than a Muslim. Always a Jew is better than a Muslim. This also throws you out of Islam. And also, if you assist them in fighting against the Muslims, like you say, well, uh, the Muslims in the Philippines are uh, fighting the Christians, and the Christians, you know, they need some weapons. And I've got a, a factory which makes uh, airplanes, so I'm going to send some airplanes over to the Christians, and I can make a good profit. This will throw you out of the faith of Islam. Okay? Or if you uh, resemble them uh, because you believe their ways to be true. For instance, you say, well, I'm going to build, like I remember one time, one time somebody told me, said, I'm going to build a mosque. Uh, like uh, we have a uh, Mormon temple in, in Washington, D.C. I'm going to do it like a Mormon temple in Washington, D.C. Because that's such a beautiful temple. Whenever you go to Washington, everybody goes visit, so I want my mosque to look just like that. You know, very big and laminated and so forth. So that illuminated, so that also throws you out of the religion. Now, there are sometimes you can, you can show some sort of allegiance to you, them, which doesn't take you outside of the fold of Islam, but it's a major sin. And as we know, that the sins are two types. There are the major sins and there are the minor sins. The major sins, right, uh, the only way to remove them is to make toba from them. Uh, the minor sins, they are removed by our prayers, like from prayer to prayer, also from Jum'ah to Jum'ah, from Ramadan to Ramadan, from Umrah to Umrah. These remove our minor sins by doing these good deeds. But the major sins, you need to repent from them. So sometimes you can uh, make a major sin uh, by showing some sort of allegiance to them. And it's not disbelief. It doesn't reach leaving the fold of Islam, but it's a major sin. An example is to take them as confidence. In other words, you're a ruler of a country, or you're in charge of some sort of company, and you take them as your, you know, everybody usually has a group of people who he relies upon, his confidence. You take them in that sense. Or that, for instance, that you try to make things uh, Islam, you know, you try to change Islam for their sake. Or you try not to say anything which is going to make them angry. Like, well, I know that he's not going to like uh, me to say that Jesus is not the Son of God, so I'm not going to say this, you know, make sure I'm not going to ever say this in front of any Christian. 